Welcome to Younger Older. I'm Dave Wager, your host here in the studios at Silver Birch Ranch on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute. Thanks for joining us this morning. Younger Older is a time where I get to share viewpoints, discussion with a couple of different generations. Today I'm with Sass. Sass, how, how old are you? Oh boy, I'm trying to figure out. I turned 24. You're, okay, so I, I'm in my 60s, you're 24 years old, and that's exactly what we're trying to do is promote kind of a, a dialogue between generations yep. if we can do that. Because one generation isn't necessarily right or wrong, no. whether you're younger or older. Um, however, you have different viewpoints. And what, what are you up to now? Sass was a, a student at Nicolay Bible Institute here. Yes. You finished the summer out here, yep. and then you went to where? So I finished out the summer, and I started, like, interacting with my ministry called Remember God Loves You, and I'll meet you at the finish line. And it's more of a ministry. It's a, it's, I started the podcast, but it was more of a ministry of an outreach to bring people closer to God and bring them comfort and peace for people that are battling addiction. Okay. And there's one thing is that there was a good friend of mine that we helped out with. And it's so frustrating because you allow, you can help them so many times and we try to help him as a family. And I try to, you know, I made him one promise. I said, Hey, will you promise not to ever touch a sip of alcohol? And he's like, absolutely. And what happens? You know, he leaves our, you know, he leaves under our care. And the so way, he was an alcoholic, a recovering alcoholic. Okay. And the sad part is, is that he relapsed and uh, we got a call from the sheriff's department and saying, hey, he's back in here, you know, there's, a, I'm like, ah, oh, that's so disappointing. And I said, you know, you made a promise, you know, and yep. the sad part is, is that long story short, uh, actually a couple, a couple of weeks ago, uh, Sunday, we just got home from church and uh, my dad got a message saying that he passed away, was found dead in his hotel room. Well, it's sad, isn't it? It is sad. Because one thing I found out as a young person is a co alcohol has consequences and it there's does. nothing sad. There's nothing worse because I'm a huge proponent of it, don't drink and drive. And I was at a football game and on my way back, you know, traffic was backlogged. And as we got closer, it was a guy who was at the football game wearing a number 30 jersey doing a sobriety test. And he was yeah. going all over the place. I'm like, no. And so I prayed with, I sent a prayer for him because I said, that's a very poor decision. You know, yeah. there's nothing. So I asked you what you're doing now, though. Oh, so how did, sorry. How does this have to do with what you're doing? Oh, so I got accepted at Oak Hills uh, Christian College okay. uh, for pastoral ministry. Okay. Uh, I start on January 5th, and I'm very excited because it's a next step in becoming a pastor. And it's the next step of accepting God's call and taking that next step because we need younger pastors that are b b uh, biblically based and are firm in what they believe. Now, I, I'm confused a little bit because I know you love politics. Yes, I, that is. So yes. you want to be a pastor, but you're really into politics now because every time I talk to you, you're meeting with some politician and doing That's something what my dad in says. politics. So why the pastoral ministry role? Because really being a pastor and being a politician, there's some lines there that are going to be tough to cross. There is. And actually, my dad, we had the same exact talk um, he's like, you can't be in two camps, right? You know, and it was funny because I, I thought you just got off the phone with him because my dad's like, well, you know, when you go uh, to Dave and stuff, make sure, you know, you got to be biblically based because if you call yourself a Christian, you can't be talking about politics all the time, you know, because how is, how is talking to a family that's going through a grieving of a lost one and you bring up politics, how's that helping them? Yeah. You, you know, or how's talking about politics during a Bible study helping anybody? Right. And it's interesting because I, you know, something that they're two of my two of my favorite passions. So what what do you like about politics? 
So <clears throat> what I like about politics is because you get to make change and you get to read, you pretty much so for instance the new the previous anonymous bill that got passed okay it took me five and a half days to read through 4,155 pages of it okay and I could have spent it took me about nine hours a day and I could have spent that time reading the Bible you know okay and it's kind of, <laughs> so so what where are we going here what what is it you read this omnibus bill yeah and did you understand it I was disgusted by it you were disgusted by it, but did you understand it? I did. You did, and and so in summary, you would spend time reading four thousand pages of a law that got passed. So my question is, why did you spend time doing that? And I'm I'm not saying it's bad. I'm I'm asking you, why would you spend time doing that? Well, I mean, because you have to educate yourself, you know, on what's going on, and you have to kind of get in the know. For instance, if people do question you about it. You can rebound them and say, no, this is like section, for instance, Nancy Pelosi Library. That's in sec page 610, section uh, 4, line item A through C. Okay. And that that's a library? Uh, that's a library that's going to be established. Uh, it's going to give her $32,000 um, a month to establish a uh, Speaker of the House Library in San Francisco outside, I think they're taking one of the... Uh, confederate statues on and replacing it with her okay now now let me back the bus up again you and i are talking about ministry you want to go be a pastor and so far you're getting really excited about an omnibus bill yes so you are headed to be a, a, at oak hills college a yep. pastoral ma major coming up yep and and you want to focus on the bible but but you'll spend time reading the politics okay yeah. now help me understand where you're going with this whole picture where, where are you going with being a pastor when your passion seems to be politics? So, uh, part of being a, a part like of going to become a pastor from my end is, you know, I have a passion for people. Okay. You know, I have a passion of doing good and bringing uh, community together. For instance, when there was when there was a house fire in our town, uh, we came up. With, I I came up with the idea with my dad to deliver meals uh, for over forty five firemen. And it just had compassion of bringing people together. We, okay. We were able, we, I was able to pray with them. And, of course, the house did burn down. But um, just the fact that the community, you got to see the community from all different walks of life come together under one cause. And that's what I absolutely love. And it's a perfect opportunity to minister in those places. And, for instance, what I love about ministry is you can bring anyone that's struggling with something. You know, or if they're like, you know, when they when they accept Jesus Christ, you see a difference in them. Yeah. You know. Well, I can see. I I understand. There's there's laws about churches being involved in the political system. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so if you became a pastor in a church, there'd be a certain amount of restriction for you as a pastor in a church. Yeah. But if you become a politician, there should be no restriction of you being a believer and somebody who walks with God. So why wouldn't you go to the politics side and become one who is a strong believer in politics rather than a pastor who is limited. So I thought about this. And the reason why I do not want to be a politician actually, or get elected is because money is the root of all evil. Okay. And no matter how, like, for instance, besides, uh, there's one person that I have to give props to where his credit's due, and that's Dr. Ben Carson. Okay. He did not, or and my, uh, Vice President Mike Pence. He didn't, those two people, they chose they had were very well grafted in and they were st firm believers those two were the it, those besides those two 
other, the rest of them are completely off the wayside because you give a little bit of uh, vacation package. And now, then, now, I might add that this is Sasha's opinion, so let, let's be careful. There's, we, we can't back this with any facts. Here. You're telling me, Mike, oh, okay, Ben Carson. I'm just saying, we can't back anything. I'm, I'm, this is fine. Oh, okay. We're having a discussion. Yes. This is an open discussion for you and me to have. <laughs> I just want to bring it to the attention of the people listening that yeah. you know we don't have uh, hard statistics here and facts. And I'm asking you your opinion about things, and yeah. you're giving it to me. So I'm, fi- I'm fine with that. I just want to make sure that people know that you, you, know, you don't have absolute hard facts sitting in front of you here. No. Yeah. Well, and another thing is, is that, you know what, if you're, if you're a pastor, you can advocate. You can. You know, and that's the thing is that if you can read the bills. But stop. Can't you advocate if you're a politician? It's a lot harder. It is, but can't you do it? Well, you look at some of the. Would you stop being a Christian if you were a politician? No, but it'd be a little bit challenging because you have to, you have to, you have to appease to both sides. That's the thing. You have to appease to your. Well, on certain areas, certainly. I mean, there are certain things where you would have to compromise because that's that's what we do. But on on issues that are black and white in the Bible, if you were a believer and you're a politician, would you give in on those things? Would you compromise if the Bible says something that's absolute? Like, would you compromise on abortion? Uh, no. Uh, I tell people I'm okay. Would you compromise on transgenderism? No. All right. Well, that's what I'm talking about. So you could be a politician and still have that viewpoint because Mm -hmm. the Bible is still guiding you. Correct? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So I I think what I love doing, Sauce, and you know this, is I love encouraging people to be in ministry no matter where they go. Yeah. So if you're a mechanic or you're a welder or you're a politician. You can be a mechanic or a welder or a politician, and you can love God, and you can represent him in that field. Mm-hmm. And you really should represent him in that field. You, don't, you do not need to be a pastor to represent God or to know his word. Mm-hmm. Now, with all that said, if you are being called to be a pastor, more power to you. That, that's fine. But I think being a pastor is different than being a politician, and I see in your heart this, this great desire to do both. It's the, in the, yes. Okay, but but again, I think you've identified it. You're talking about I want to be somebody who helps people, and and I've seen that in you. You do want to help people. You've got a soft heart. You want to help people. I understand that about you, mm-hmm. and and the way you're you're looking at it is well. I can help people this way. I can help people this other way. You could help people too by being a nurse. You know. Well, I don't think the reason why I want to become a nurse is because it you you. Grow a relationship for an individual, for instance, like hospice nurses. Okay. Well, you know what? I, I agree with you. You could have all kinds of reasons. I, I thought I'd be a doctor one day. I fainted at the sight of blood. I'm not going to be a doctor. Well, you became a pastor. I'm not a pastor. I, I, I work at Silver Birch Ranch. I teach the Bible, but I'm not a pastor either. So the bottom line really is I found my niche in the world, in the educational world. Yep. And that's where I stayed. And I did it in camping and Christian camping and Nicolay Bible Institute and radio and that kind of thing. But I found that it was education is what I was called to. And, and even though my dad's a pastor, my brother's a pastor, and they're good pastors and, and, and enjoy them. My dad's with the Lord now. My brother's still a pastor. That's great. Mm-hmm. This is fantastic for them. But I, wouldn't, I don't have the personality to be a pastor of a local church. I'm a teacher. And, that, and I have a little different twist in how I do things. And I'm fine that way. Yeah. Uh, but like I said, you don't have to be a pastor for God to use you. You could be a teacher. You could be a nurse. You could be a doctor. You could be a, 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 a sanitation water worker. You could yeah. be that. You, you could be a, 
a plumber, an electrician. Yeah. There, there's so many things in life that you could do that God wired you to do, and all those things need to be done. Yeah. And all those things can be used <laughs> of God. And yes, God can use politicians. He can. Yeah. And, and I've seen that. I know some from Christian politicians from the state of Wisconsin mm-hmm. that I think God is using in, in Madison. Yeah. And so, I, you know, I would hold them up and pray for them. And, and they're guys that I think, man, these guys understand that they represent the king right there in Madison. Yeah. I'm not saying it's not a, 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 a an uphill battle yeah. at times. But I am saying that you could be a pastor if God calls you to that kind of ministry in life. Yep. Or you could be a politician if God calls you to that kind of ministry in life. But your paths to get there are probably going to be a little different. Yeah. Well, so here's why I'm considering. So I, <clears throat> so here's going to be a little bit background and the reason why I'm considering. So I thought the Air Force was going to be my career. Okay. And I thought college was going to be my career. Well, I wanted to run in college, but instead I chose the Air Force. And then I got really sick. Long story short. I was, I'm looking at it now and thinking that all the options I had are closed. Like the doors were closed. And now it's weird because when I applied at MBI, I prayed about it, you know, and I said, okay, how is this going to help me in my ministry? How is this going to help with my walk with God? And am I going to be even firm? Am I going to be even firm in my, in my faith and in my, in the relationship with Jesus if I complete MBI? And sure enough, I was, you know, it was interesting because, through MBI throughout the year, which I'm not telling, it was a very, it was a challenging year, you know, for, right. for instance, for my, uh, to other students it was not, but for, for me it was a little bit challenging, but I got to really find out who I really am, you know, and I really got to find out thinking that, you know what, maybe politics isn't the right thing because, you know, politics, you, you have to be like callous. You have to like, uh, it changes you, you know, right. and, and you can say like, and I've seen where, I talked with people who were thinking that where well, they say speak out both mouths, and I right. said I don't like I don't want to be there. And right. and one thing I learned out through MBI is that being a pastor, you can find true peace being a pastor. You know, you can go and you can be closer with God, and you can, you know, you see people's lives change. And another thing is, is I also found out is even working summer staff, you can, I mean, I was able to like uh, bring people to Christ, bring kids to Christ, and I absolutely loved it because I got to pray with them and I got to make their day. And it's like, I mean, and I was like, I was a very happy. Yeah, but I go back to the same question. Why can't we do that at foreign politics? Because politics, you have to grow like tough skin and you 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 have anger issues. But, you know, when I was when I was in Madison and, and, you know, several years ago, I opened a session in prayer and just met with different politicians down there. Everyone down there is human. Everyone down there, they they have relationships that are broken. They have they have they have the same issues as everybody else. Yeah. So. Would we ever want to take all the believers and withdraw them from politics? See, I don't think we'd want to do that. No? No, because I think we've got people that are there that actually love God and love people. They understand there's a certain game they have to play. They understand that as far as as, as politics and getting things done and not done. But they won't compromise on what they find is absolutely true in God's word. They won't do that because they know they're going to answer to God. Now, I don't know all of those in all government officials in, yeah. in office, so I would not be able to tell you where anybody stands truly before God. But my question to you is simpler than that. It's, do we really want to get to where those who love people and love God won't be politicians? Uh-huh. Because 
what hope do we have as a nation? I mean, I keep saying on, on my other podcast and on this one, you know, what we need as a nation is to turn our hearts back to God. Amen. Well, if all the politicians decide not to be polit- all the Christians that are politicians decide to be pastors, how are we going to get influence mm-hmm. in the political realm? Well, I, I want to bring to a topic. <clears throat> well, to keep this on topic, you look at the you look at uh, the exemption bill that okay. got that Wisconsin passed with the assembly, all right. with Wisconsin Republicans. You know how many people voted no for on the Republican side? Four Republicans voted no for the exemption bill. And I'm sure that one person you and I both know, and I know the other three. Uh, well, the other I know four of them because I met with what them. What was that bill about? It was about abortion. Okay. And the whole abortion situation, the abortion situation is that it would have given exemptions. So like except like you can you, you can't do it but but you know if there's other alternatives like if she's raped, but right. you know to me, if you have a strong moral compass, you be it should have been no exemptions, right? And I stand a hundred percent with those four that um, are like firm believers, and they and they stuck to their morals, and they said no. Okay, and, and they well, got, that's what I'm saying. They have but that's a, a small minority, though. It is, but but God uses it. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stood up to the king, there was only three of them. Yeah, that king changed his whole heart because of those three. Wasn't there four, though? Well, oh, that's The Jesus. one in the furnace, yeah. yeah but yeah. no. So the king <clears throat> changed his whole heart. When Daniel got thrown in the lion's den, a majority of the people that worked with him in politics were the ones who set it up so that he would have to be destroyed. Yeah. They didn't like the guy. But Daniel kept doing what's right, and eventually the king heard about God. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm saying. Where are those people that are willing to say, you know, God doesn't need a majority to speak. He can speak through a minority. He can speak through one person. Now, again, whether I I have often thought this, and you can tell me if you think I'm on track or not for this because you love politics and I don't really. But if if I were running for an office, I would would start by telling people, here's what I would do. If I'm president of the United States, I'm going to get up every day and pray for the country. I'm going to ask God for guidance and leading. I'm going to start my day in God's word, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to, going to spend my time loving people and loving God and I'll do the best I can to keep the family intact to to work with men and women as the Bible talks about to help solve the simple problems that I see out there that are caused by us ignoring who God is Mm -hmm. now I would say that running for president on that platform makes me unelectable yeah now now I don't know that for sure I'm just saying I would have to say that if I were running for office. Yep. So I think as far as being in politics, I think I would be out because, uh, I, you know, that to me would be. Um, and, and as somebody who is a, a believer, when I hear someone who says they're a believer, but their their belief system or the Bible isn't going to influence their decisions, I wonder if they're actually a believer. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think you can say that you're a believer that you put your trust in jesus christ that you believe the bible is the word of god and then go against it i I don't know that you could do that and you know the people of our country they could vote me in or out that's up to them you know if i say i love god and i'm going to do it this way then the people get to vote and they get to say we don't want you in there or we do want you in there and that's how the system works yeah I wouldn't be bitter or angry or anything. I wouldn't even fight anybody. It's like, 
No, here's what I would do if you elect me. If you don't want me in, don't elect me. And yeah. that seems very civil. I don't need to argue to get that position. Yeah. So I, I think I'm not in the same page as a lot of the politicians because that's how I would operate. Well, I mean, you also have to look at it, though. I mean, look at this past generation, like this past election cycle, for instance. Okay. A Pennsylvania switched, and to me, <clears throat> it was a strong suit because you have everything going in the economy. You have Pennsylvania the, switch. I don't know what that is. So it's straight blue. So when the Republicans lost a seat in the Senate. Okay. <clears throat> That's what I meant. It switched, and the candidate that they had was John Fetterman. Now, if you if you um, heard him speak, he's very incoherent. I can understand it. Like saying, "I love Eagles." Well, Eagles are Eagles. What kind of a sentence is that? And you look at it. You also have to look at this. Where does like if you know? I saw some strong Christian candidates uh, that ran for state senate in Texas past past election cycle, and he lost big time. And he was like a firm, and his name was, he's a pastor of uh, Sutherland Springs Baptist Church. Okay. And it's interesting because he ran on what you just said. Okay, well, he lost. So he was in politics, but he lost. Well, he was never in politics. He, he well, if took, he entered the race, he oh, was yeah, entering yeah. politics. But, yeah. but he actually lost, and that's the way this system works. By a landslide. Yeah, well, and that's what I'm saying. I'm saying I'm not sure certain people would be able to be political yeah. because as they say things, the constituents that they're going to represent need to elect them. Yeah, and well, our country seems to be more godless now. So I think the the problem is deeper. Now, maybe though, people who love politics. Now, my guess is that people who are in politics and in office, in whatever they are, congressman, senator, mm-hmm. they have people who help them, aides. Yeah, and I would guess that those aides have some kind of influence on, on the politics. And the politician themselves. Well, they also have lobbying groups. And they lobbies. do, but I'm yeah. just saying that if I, let's say I was president of the United States. Yep. And I know that's a big office, but let's just say it for fun of it. And and so I hire SAS as my aide, and I tell you, make sure this is taken care. Of. You have a lot of influence, then. Yeah. You didn't get elected. No. But you have a lot of influence. So why wouldn't you go for a position like that, where you could have a lot of influence as a believer, but you're not in an elected position? Like you appointed? Yeah. I, I either appointed or, or an assistant to a politician. Yeah. I mean, if you do something well, and, and I'm a politician and I can see that, let's say I'm a senator, yeah. and, and you are really good at, at expressing foreign policy or something, you know, and, and I say, boy, I want you on my team. Yeah. Because I really like when I'm writing a speech or I do something, I really want your input. It's kind of like, again, I, I would encourage our listeners, go back to Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The king wanted these guys around. Yeah, no doubt. Okay, so but they weren't elected. No, he just wanted. In fact, they were captives, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So they were they were slaves, captives, whatever you want to call it. So since they were captives, they just were so sharp and so good and so respectful. Yeah. That the king wanted them around. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. What about something like that? For it, That would be considered politics. You would say that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and Daniel were in politics, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. So, But they weren't elected or anything. They weren't, they weren't there because they, they tried to be there. They just did their job. Or Nehemiah. Yeah. You know, Nehemiah, he, he's supposed to be feeding the king. Yeah. We, well, look how that turned out. I know. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying. It, it's one of those things where you look at it and go, Okay, our our view of politics is, I'm going to be I you know I need to run for senator. Well, maybe you don't need to to be influential with a senator. No, well you also have to look at this though. 
our generation has become, well, my younger generation has become so far extreme, you know? So like you have, like, for instance, there's this guy on TikTok, on TikTok, it's a weird app, you know, and he, he's a, he's a true, huge transgender thing. And what does Joe Biden put him as the, uh, the transgender uh, department of human resource, like HSS okay. and one of the subcategories of HSS. Well, it seems like I read half of his of half of his department, and they're like as far extreme as you can get, and and also on the Republicans too. So like, this country's become divisiveness. And if you're going to put somebody in there, it seems like you have to like either have a criminal record or if you have to like well be you, a part of a QAnon. Once again, if if people disagree with who's in office, they can elect them out. They need to go to the election, elect them out. Yeah. So, but they need to also trust. Yeah. And, it, but I'm saying there there are a lot of things there that people can look at and say I agree with, I disagree with, and yeah. you, you have the right to do that. And and we have the right in America to speak whatever way we want to speak. That that's our that's our right, and, and yeah. it's a privilege. However, we also then should take the right of, of elections. If if we're not satisfied with who the senator or the president in this case puts in place to do the job, then the next election we need to show up and say we're not satisfied with that and not elect that person anymore. Yeah. So I have a question with that. Yeah. So why is it I, – so I, I go around America – how is it that more and more Christians now are becoming a movement of not voting? Why is that? Because I, I don't know that you have any statistics to back that. Where did you get that from? Well, no, it seems like I talk. I mean, you're saying that, and I can hear, but I'm, I'm saying, how do you get that information? By speaking with a bunch of people. Okay, so people that you've talked to are that way. In but, crowds. But you can't say that's a general overview of all the Christians. Well, it seems like Franklin Graham did it and Dr. Tony Evans. They at at their conference, Dr. Tony Evans stated that there's more of a bigger movement in Christians not voting. Okay. And Well, I, I can tell you why. Why is that? Because there's no choice. So why point why go vote then? Why Well that's what I mean. What too many believers, too many that I think and again, I'm saying I think. I don't have any statistics. Yeah. But the people I get to talk to, I think what you begin to understand is that if two people running for national office, the president of the United States, for example, or yeah. senator in your state or whatever it might be, if you would not vote for either of them because of their credentials, then you're stuck. Mm-hmm. You know. Now, if you've listened to my podcast, the thing I've encouraged you to do is go back to the platform of the party that's a just go to the platform read the platform if there's only two parties republican and democrat go read the republican party platform go read the democrat party platform and what i did is i voted for the platform Mm -hmm. because when i looked and i saw individuals i thought what if i'm not comfortable with either of these in office yeah Not, not for one reason or the other i'm sure joe biden has some good things that he does and i'm sure you know, Donald Trump has good things that he's going to do. And it's like, and I'm sure both of them are going to do things. I think, why'd you do that? Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. So I think there's got to be a different way to do this. And for me, it was, I'm going to go to the party platform and see what it is and see which one is most biblical and vote for that. And that's what I did. Yeah. And I would encourage our listeners to do the same. Yep. Well, I am talking with Sass. He's less than half my age here. And uh, we're having an interesting discussion. I will invite you back. We're going to uh, continue this for another Uh, half hour about in the future. Uh, You're listening to Younger Older coming to you from the campus of Silver Birch Ranch on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute. We invite you to check out those websites, silverbirchranch.org, 
NicolayBibleInstitute.org, and allow us to serve you and your church in the days to come. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon. Goodbye for now.